0: morning everyone let's begin our worship at the font in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen come Holy Spirit of God and search our hearts with the light of Christ come let us return to the Lord and say O King enthroned on high filling the earth with your glory holy is your name Lord God Almighty In our sinfulness, we cry to you to take our guilt away and to cleanse our lips to speak your word. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Dear friends, in the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you anointed your beloved Son to be priest and sovereign forever. Grant that all the people of the earth, now divided by the power of sin, may be united by the glorious and gentle rule of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: The first reading is from Janet Daniel chapter 7 verses 9 through 10 and 13 through 14. As I watched, thrones were set in place, and an ancient one took his throne. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and flowed out from his presence. A thousand thousand served him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood attending him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a human being come with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient One and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. Word of God, word of life. Please read responsively with me Psalm 93. The Lord is king, robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The Lord has made the world so sure that it cannot be moved. Ever
0: Ever since since the the world began, your your throne throne has has been established. established. You You are are from from everlasting. everlasting.
1: The waters have lifted up, O Lord. The waters have lifted up their voice. The waters have lifted up their pounding waves. Mightier than the sound of many waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea mightier is the Lord who dwells on high. Your testimonies are very sure, and holiness befits your house, O Lord, forever and forevermore. The second reading is from Revelation chapter 1, beginning at the fourth verse. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom priests serving his God and father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is who and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Word of God, word of life.
0: This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Christ the King Sunday is a bit of a public relations problem. After all, when we say someone is acting like a king, we usually don't mean it as a compliment. We mean they're uncaring, unaccountable, usually unqualified. So why would we use the title king to talk about Jesus? Jesus. Well, some churches have sought a way out of this dilemma by changing the name from Christ the King Sunday to Reign of Christ Sunday. Others have sought to make everyone equally unhappy by going for Christ the King and or Reign of Christ Sunday. One of the contributors to the ELW suggested we just drop the name entirely and call it the last Sunday of the year. One imagines the color of the day would be beige. It's wrong to call Jesus a king. Jesus isn't uncaring, or unaccountable, or unqualified, and we don't have to pretend that we live in the Middle Ages anymore. But you lose something when you drop that title entirely. It's wrong, but it's wrong in sort of an illuminating way. And today's Gospel reading helps us understand why. In this famous scene between Jesus and Pilate, Jesus has just finished talking with Caiaphas, the high priest, and is brought to Pontius Pilate's headquarters. Pilate begins with a simple question. Are you the king of the Jews? Essentially, what's going on with you all having this trial out there? And Jesus responds, not by answering, but by reframing. My kingdom is not from here. Now, on the surface, the meaning of that is obvious. His kingdom is not Pilate's kingdom. His kingdom is not even from the next protectorate or the next colony over. My kingdom, Jesus says, is not even of this cosmos. It isn't of the world's ways of ordering power. It doesn't derive authority from its lineage or power from the threat of violence. It's categorically different. After all, Jesus says, if my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be here to fight and prevent me from being handed over. But they're not. And that's because Jesus' kingdom can't be fought for. Now, it's important to get the meaning of this really, really carefully. Because Jesus doesn't simply say that his disciples could show up at Pilate's headquarters and fight for him, but it probably wouldn't end well. Or that they could start killing his enemies, but it would be sort of hypocritical of them. No, Jesus says that they actually can't. That it would be impossible. Because as soon as you draw the sword, as soon as you start throwing punches, as soon as you start thinking of Jesus in the terms Pilate thinks of himself, you're no longer defending Jesus and his kingdom. You're only defending your own interests. As soon as you try to fight for Jesus with violence or coercion or intimidation, it's no longer Jesus that you're fighting for. That's not to say we haven't tried this. In the Middle Ages, back when people used king as a compliment, Christians marauded their way through the Holy Land, leaving a path of destruction in their wake. And we've rightly lamented the Crusades as wasteful and violent. But back in the 1980s, the Lutheran theologian George Lindbeck took it a step further and said that they actually made Christian truths false. When we gather at table and say Christ is Lord, that's a true statement. But when the crusaders said Christ is Lord as they slaughtered people, the statement became false. Truth is self-involving. It is in some ways dependent on our own actions. After all, if Christ were Lord, you wouldn't have to resort to violence in the first place. The problem with the crusaders wasn't just they were vicious or hypocritical, it's that they weren't even fighting for Jesus at all. They destroy not only lives, but truth. Now, that's a pretty dramatic example. I don't think any of us are dealing with crusades. But you can imagine more mundane ways that this plays out in our lives. When we find ourselves in disagreements with others, we often feel the temptation to drop our principles, if only for a moment, to just make things easier. We tell ourselves that the ends justify the means, and if there's a gap between ideals and actions, well, that's just unfortunate. We'll have time to fix it later when it really matters. That's essentially what Pilate does in this story. Pilate stands in for evil in St. John's telling, but his wickedness isn't malicious, it's just expedient. What do I need to do to get through the day? How can I make this problem go away? When Pilate leaves his headquarters and asks the religious leaders why they brought Jesus to him, you can imagine him muttering, what is it now? In her biography of Pilate, Anne Rowe identifies this as the nadir, the bottoming out of Pilate's decision-making. Not the decision to crucify Jesus, but his decision to not engage with him seriously at all. After all, Pilate's just been shown an alternative vision of ordering society, a cosmic realignment in which money and violence and greed don't rule the day. When Jesus said his kingdom is not from this cosmos, Pilate could ask, so where is it from? Where does your authority come from? Why don't your followers fight for you? Instead, the question Pilate chooses to ask is, Roe's phrase, the least interesting to pursue, but the safest to ask. So you are a king. To put it another way, is this something I have to deal with or not? And Pilate's disinterest makes the character of Jesus all the more striking in this. Because in Jesus, there is no gap between ideals and actions. There's no parsing of means and ends, no just kicking the problem to someone else. When Jesus refers to himself as the truth in St. John's Gospel, this is what he's getting at. He doesn't mean that he knows a lot. He doesn't mean that he's a fact. He means his life is perfectly coherent. There's no juggling of ends versus means. There's no distance between ideals and actions. Jesus offers himself to us without having to argue for his authority or claim authority from anywhere beyond himself. So even in the shadow of death, the truth remains. Now that was all pretty dense. I just threw a lot at you. And you're probably wondering, well, what does this all have to do with me? Well, let me give you two brief ways to think about this. The first one is that the life of Jesus, the life Jesus gives to us, is a life that's free of the anxiety over the worthiness of our calling. What's most striking about Jesus in this interaction with Pilate is how calm he is. This isn't indifference, it's just a kind of confidence that the calling Jesus has been given by the one he calls the Father, is enough. It doesn't need Pilate's validation. It doesn't need the approval or endorsement of others. It doesn't need a presentation on why you should take the ministry of Jesus seriously. It doesn't need to be defended. And it's the same with us. That you don't need to spend your life marshalling evidence for why the calling that God has placed on your life is worthwhile. It doesn't need the approval, the endorsement, the affirmation of others. It's enough. Now, God knows there's enough to be anxious about in the world besides that, but we don't need to encounter others anxious about our own integrity. And that's the second thing that this gives us, is that Jesus shows us what it means to live with integrity. One of the remarkable parts of this encounter with Pilate in Jesus' life more broadly, is that his orientation never changes. There isn't a kingdom of God for the disciples, and a kingdom of God for the Pharisees, and a kingdom of God for Pilate. There's no other Jesus you find out about later. What we see in Jesus is who God really is. And Jesus gives us that ability too. To live with integrity doesn't mean being perfect. It means living so that our ideals match our actions, and more important, being honest about the places where they don't. To live free from anxiety about our relationship with God and integrity in our relationship with our neighbors is what it means to live in the truth of Christ the King and or inhabit the reign of Christ. After all, it isn't right to say that Jesus is a king. But why would you want to say something right when you could say something true? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. the world to come. Amen. I invite the assembly to sit or kneel for the reading of today's prayers. Eternal God, you hold firm amid the changes of this world. Hear us now as we pray for the church, the world, and everyone in need. God, you sent your son Jesus to testify to the truth. We pray for preachers, missionaries, evangelists, and teachers who carry your forgiveness and love to the world. Fill their words and actions with compassion and kindness so that your truth will shine. God, in your mercy, we our prayer. God, you sent your son Jesus to liberate all of creation. We pray for all living things longing for the freedom to flourish. From ancient trees and wild grasses to endangered animals and rare insects, give human beings compassionate hearts to care for them. God, in your mercy, God, you sent your son Jesus to lead us into the way of peace. Direct the members of international alliances in choosing a nonviolent path toward the future. Give them the humility and wisdom to make decisions that benefit all your people. We pray especially this week for the people of East Timor, Indonesia, and the Philippines. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you sent your son Jesus to make us into your people, set free to serve you. We pray for people who serve the well-being of others, especially ministries in this community. If you have any other petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Stay with us, Lord, in uncertain moments. With your Spirit, raise us from hopelessness, wipe away disbelief, and strengthen our faith. That our hearts will burn to proclaim your resurrection, the water of life springing forth and bringing hope. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. With thanksgiving we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We offer these prayers in the name of the one whose throne is established from old, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always, and also with you. Let us pray god of all goodness and grace receive the gifts we offer and grant that our whole life may give you glory and praise through jesus christ our lord amen the lord be with you mm-hmm, mm-hmm lift up your hearts let us give thanks to the lord our god it is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you almighty and merciful god through our savior jesus christ who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life and so with all the choirs of angels with the church on earth and the host of heaven we praise your name and join their unending hymn We praise you, Holy God, our Maker, Lover, and Keeper, for the universe beyond our knowing, for the seas and forests and fields, for creatures seen and unseen, animals wild and tame, and for the places we humans call home, for cities and churches and schools. We praise you for your covenant people, for Moses, Miriam, and Aaron, and for centuries of faithful Christians. Mary Magdalene, Peter, and Paul. We praise you, O God, for Jesus Christ, who saves us from sin and evil, who on the night before he died took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. We pray, O God, for your spirit, your breath, your fire, your wisdom. Bless this meal and all who share it. Inspire your people for service. We praise you all, Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen this is the body of christ given for you and the blood of christ shed for you Let us pray. God of abundance, you have fed us with the bread of life and cup of salvation. You have united us with Christ and one another, and you have made us one with all your people in heaven and on earth. Now send us forth in the power of your Spirit, that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Christ our Savior. Amen. Up for announcements, joys, and concerns. Did anyone have anything they wanted to share with the congregation? Yes, Jason. I would like to invite anyone uh, who would be interested
2: in uh, doing some singing over this uh, Advent Christmas season to come upstairs to the choir and offer just a brief meeting after service today, looking to put together a group to support our congregational singing through this seasonal time. I'd love to have anyone who wants to join. Uh, and if you can't make it today, my email address is in the, the bulletin or the, uh, the newsletter for this week, and you can send me an email. Let me know you're interested, and I'll keep you posted about what's coming up
0: next. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jason. Just for the so it's on the stream somewhere because you're not here, so you're not going to come to the meeting. But if you're interested in singing around Advent and Christmas, you can reach out to Jason, and he'll send you some information for that. I know we have some people on the stream who are interested. So, was uh, there anybody else? I didn't see anybody. Oh, yeah, Matt. All right. Thank you, Matt. Excellent. I want to let you know, or I want to say thank you to everyone, the seafarers' bags that you brought in were shipped out last Thursday. We had, I bought three three big moving boxes, and we filled them up and shipped them out. We had maybe two dozen, 20, I don't know, that's a guess. But thank you to everyone who did that. Um, there was a good article on seafarers in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. So if you're interested about sort of what life is like for people who are actually getting these, I encourage you to take a look at that. I know you didn't think I read the journal, but you'd be surprised. Um, I also want to let you know Interfaith Thanksgiving is going to be here at 1 o'clock today. We have, we'll be outside on the lawn. It's going to be a nice day. We have four clergy who are speaking. We'll have some high school kids here for Wyckoff Stigma Free. There'll be a caseworker here from Josh Gottheimer's office. So I invite you to come to that. If you only want pie, you can show up at 1.45. OK, okay I got one. You haven't had coffee yet. Uh, the other thing, this week is sort of a funny week with a holiday and everything. Um, I'm going to be taking a couple of days off. If you need to get a hold of me for something like Commendation of the Dying, please just use my cell so it gets to me immediately. Uh, that's all I have in the way of announcements. I invite you to stand and receive the blessing.
2: Oh, Fred, sorry. Yeah. Uh,
0: I invite you to stand and receive the blessing. God, the beginning and end, who has written your name in the book of life, bless you and keep you in grace and peace from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace, you're free to serve. Thanks be to God.